Hello everyone. Welcome. Um, my name is Brittany. This is David, my husband, and together we co-pastor Victoria Christian Reformed Church. Welcome to our home, but more importantly, welcome to this time of worship. Before we get started, I just wanted to mention that below the the video screen, the picture. the picture of us, you'll see like a little note that says show more. And if you click on that, um, what will show up is the liturgy or the order of worship that we're going to be using. With song lyrics. And... Song lyrics and uh, all the other bits and pieces. So if you are someone who enjoys visually following along with the words, you can find it there if you just click show more. I invite you now to quiet yourself and together we will trust the promise that as we draw near to God, he does in fact draw near to us. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Please join me in prayer. Almighty Triune God, we pray that your blessing would fall upon your scattered church today. We pray that you would calm our anxious hearts, that you would fortify our fear-filled spirits, and that you'd replace our doubts with faith, our despair with hope, and our self-preservation instincts with courageous love. I pray and we pray that you would be glorified in our homes and families today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's sing.
together and because we're spread apart and in different places, Dave and I were thinking that as part of our time of worship it would be really good and really important if we could somehow confess our faith or rehearse together some of those uh, foundational truths that we hold in common, not only as people of Victoria Christian Reformed Church but with Christians around the entire world. So today we are going to say aloud the first question and answer of the Heidelberg Catechism. I'll ask the question and then together we can say answer. the answer. Yeah. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, 
to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Amen. Amen. Um, so we're moving uh, now to um, uh, looking at God's word um, with Jesus as our guide. We're going to open the scriptures to Matthew chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 9. And today we're going to have a conversation um, together about the spiritual discipline of fasting. Uh, before we read uh, these two passages... Um, let me just remind us uh, that we're in a series on the spiritual disciplines. And uh, what are spiritual disciplines? I think simply put, uh, spiritual disciplines are practices that we put on uh, that the Spirit uses to shape um, our character so that it's more like Christ. Um, the goal for a disciple is to be with Jesus to become, uh, in order to become like Jesus. And so as we look at uh, the life that Jesus lived, he was um, constantly uh, practicing his faith, uh, putting himself um, in a position where uh, he was communing with his Father in heaven and allowing the life of God to flow into him. And often that was through prayer or meditation, or in this case, uh, what we're looking at today is fasting. And so spiritual disciplines are a little bit like um, workouts for the soul. It's uh, the way we join Jesus in training um, uh, to be the kind of people that, that God has created us to be. Mm-hmm. So today we're discussing uh, the spiritual discipline of fasting. Um, Can we pray? Yes. Would you do that? Yeah. Okay. Let's just pray for a minute before we read God's word. Lord God, we recognize that we are totally dependent on you. You give us life, Lord, and you give us our salvation, our new life. And Lord, you have given us your word and we are so thankful. Um, But we just say aloud, that we need you. We need you to understand it. We need you to um, put it in our hearts and put it in our minds. So I ask that as we read and as we reflect on your word now, that you would do just that. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill everybody who is watching this now um, and listening to your word here, fill them too with your Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would do your work in us through your word. Amen. Uh, So Matthew chapter 6, beginning of verse 16. When you fast, Jesus said, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, 
so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And then uh, a few verses from uh, Matthew chapter 9. Then John the Baptist's disciples came and asked him, that is Jesus, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's talk about fasting. Let's talk about fasting. Um, First, Dave, um, what is fasting? Can you just define it for us? And that's how we'll start. Yeah, uh, the definition that I've come up with uh, through reading books and uh, just studying this practice um, this week is similar to uh, something that Dallas Willard once said about fasting. And he said that fasting is abstaining from food in some measure for some period of time in order to draw close to God and learn that God is sufficient. Um, So basically it's refraining refraining from food, physical food for a period Mm -hmm. in order to feast on God in a sense, to draw near to God's presence and allow God to fill you in a different way with something other than physical food mm-hmm. and empower you uh, just uh, well give the good things he has for you um, so it's a heightened sense of um, in fasting you're, you're drawing close to God trusting that there is nourishment that he has to give that mm-hmm. is more important hmm. well different but mm-hmm. in a way more important than mm-hmm. the, the physical food that we so often reach for, hoping that it will kind of fill us up and make us satisfied. Hmm. I think um, a way that you had put it in the notes that I looked at was fasting is refraining from food in order to feast on God. Yeah. Um, and how you just put it then was sort of refraining from food so that God can fill you up. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you can say more about what it means to be filled up by God. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I think refraining from food mm-hmm. is sort of obvious, like how that might work. Right. Um, but like, what does it mean to feast on God? Yeah. Or to be filled up. Right. Or nourished by God. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of hard to describe from the outside. Um, it's like, I mean, we can't even imagine this, but try to, you know, it's like trying to describe what does it feel like to be full of physical food to someone who has never eaten physical food. You kind of have to mm. experience it to know what it, it's like. Um, but there are other ways that we feel fullness uh, through different kinds of feasting. So say, um, after a conversation with a really good friend, Um, my, I'm full, right? There's an aspect of, I was fed through that relational Mm -hmm. connection. 
and uh, I feel satisfied. Um, there's something about that, I think, that can transfer over to our life with God. Um, as we draw near to God and we say no to food, uh, there is a different kind of fullness that, that comes into us as we take in mm-hmm. God's word and presence. Um, it's like what uh, the scripture that Jesus quotes, um, you know, in this practice it becomes true that, you know, we do not live by bread alone, but by every uh, word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay. Um, speaking of Jesus, can yeah. you talk about fasting in the Bible? Like what do yeah. we see in the Bible? Right. Um, fasting. Surprisingly, um, it's actually... It's part of the whole narrative, really. Um, but just about all the main biblical characters at some point fast. Um, Moses fasts, Elijah fasts, Daniel fasts uh, a number of times in, in Persia. Um, Ezra fasts. Mm. Uh, Anna the prophetess in the New Testament who's waiting for the Messiah. Mm. She's in the temple. She's praying, worshiping, and fasting. Um, the Apostle Paul, after he was uh, converted on the road to Damascus, he, for three days, went on a, a, a fast. And, uh, and then, of course, we see it uh, front and center with Jesus, mm-hmm. who, right after he is baptized, is led out into the wilderness, and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. I think it's important to talk maybe more specifically about that moment, that yeah. main and noted fast of Jesus mm-hmm. right at the beginning. Yeah. Why do you think Jesus fasts? Yeah, you know, the scriptures, um, or the Bible doesn't give us um, a clear reason why, but it does tell us that Jesus was led there. And so it was an act of obedience for him. Like he's driven out mm-hmm. uh, by the Spirit. The spirit who uh, came upon him at his baptism mm-hmm. um, takes him into the wilderness. And so for Jesus, it's an act of obedience. He's going where the spirit is leading him. Um, but you know, uh, when Israel was in the wilderness for um, 40 years, um, that was the time where they learned dependence on God. They had to learn to, to wake up every morning trusting that there'd be manna there for them to eat. Um, and so it was an experience of a, a dependence right. building season of their life. And I think something similar is happening in the New Testament as Jesus begins his ministry. Uh, he's beginning by emptying himself, essentially, mm-hmm. in order that God might fill him up uh, and empower him uh, for the road ahead. Uh, so Jesus is learning... I, I, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I think he's learning dependence. He's learning to trust not in his own power, but trust in the power uh, that comes from God. And uh, I was reading Dallas Willard on this, and sometimes we think that um, like Jesus is kind of at his weakest when he's in the wilderness. Like we right. imagine him fasting 40 days, 40 nights, and that this is like, He's just weak, tired, and 
empty. Right, and then when the devil comes to tempt him, it's almost like, oh no, he's oh, so weak right now. Right? Like, but, but like Willard says, well, maybe we shouldn't think that way. Maybe Jesus is actually at his strongest. I mean, he's not physically strong. He's physically very weak. But, mm-hmm. um, but internally, he is alive with the power of God, um, ready, to, ready to do battle against, against the devil. Um, so he's physically weak, but spiritually he's alive to God. And um, that's, that's the beginning of his ministry. He begins by emptying himself of his power so that he might be filled up with God's power. He feasts on God. Okay. Um, so fasting is feasting on God. Mm-hmm. Um, really remembering and having a very real experience of our dependence on God. Yeah. And our... That we don't live on bread alone, mm-hmm. but by mm-hmm. our connection with God and His Word. Yeah. Um, are there other reasons to fast? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, maybe first I'll just take a minute or two and, and talk about maybe improper ways of fasting. Oh, yes. um, but, uh, like, fasting is actually quite popular right now, um, mainly for health reasons, one, or for kind of maybe vain reasons, like just trying to look better in uh, uh, your clothes or a swimsuit or whatever. Um, you know, and those things, like, yeah, maybe there's some health, right. there, there is some health benefits to fasting, and so maybe that has a time, there's a time and place for that to, to happen, uh, but that's not the purpose of Christian fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, other folks use it in a way for power, so you can hear of, like, hunger strikes, uh, people just refusing to eat in order to have their voice be heard and have influence in society. Um, or like a toddler. Or like a toddler, At yeah. The table. Right, refusing to eat, <laughs> throwing their food all over the place to get their way. Get their way. Their... Yeah. And that's not Christian fasting either. <laughs> We're not We're not trying to twist God's arm into action mm-hmm. through denying ourselves. Uh, that's not the the point. The point is a closer walk with the Lord through emptying of, of self in order to be filled up more and more by him um but there are other like benefits or or purposes to fasting back to your original question and two come to mind um first like one of the things that comes out in a fast is you realize quickly the things that are uh, controlling you um often we Food is it's, it's a little bit like a drug, really. Like, we reach for it in order to suppress yes. emotions or anger yes. or um, shame. Yep. You know, Brene Brown has this hilarious quote that um, sort of instead of uh, facing up to our shame and, and kind of trying to name it, like, we just quick reach for a chocolate banana uh, muffin, you know? Like, we just... Oh, quick, eat something. Yeah. Sort of make the feeling pass. Make the feeling pass. Like whether it's anxiety or like deep sadness. Exactly. Or like a, I'm thinking of almost like a boredom or like a 
right meaninglessness yeah like I don't want to face the fact that I don't have anything valuable to do yeah with my day I'm just gonna eat quick open the pantry and like right shove down a few chocolate chip cookies right yeah yeah it's we do that a lot and um so when you stop eating yeah it's like yeah all that stuff comes out into the light which is a pretty hard thing to deal with but it's also terrible to just have that pattern and it's it takes us into not into the character of christ right it takes us into negative places um, or you're just avoiding. You're avoiding what needs to doing be. like a deep work. Yeah. And when you remove food. Yeah. Or other things that you use in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, These things get exposed to numb or to stuff. It's like. Yeah. It's the opportunity for the deep work. Yeah. To happen all of a sudden. Yeah. Is there because it. And when it comes out into the light, I mean that's uncomfortable, but what when it's out there. It, you can engage it yep. and Christ can heal it or mm-hmm. forgive it or take or care of it. Or give you a new purpose. Or like. give you a new purpose. That's right. So, so it really, you know, it, it, it exposes what's going on um, within. And that can be jarring, but, but also important. Um, but it's also like a good reset with respect to uh, just... Um, our own body and who has control of our body mm-hmm. um, like without realizing it our stomach mm-hmm. and our taste buds can become God right we we serve them like they're gods essentially and um, fasting exposes that and puts the stomach back in its place mm-hmm. it's like okay you're a companion to my body you do not own my body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's a reset. Uh, we tell the stomach that it is not God and that it does not control us. And then we have a, we can have a better... Rela- After a fast, for instance, you can then have a better relationship with food. It's like, well, I've learned to live without chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Uh, they, do, they no longer control me. Um, yeah. I had three today, by the way. <laughs> Um, but you probably had more. No, I did. I did not. <laughs> um, yesterday I had more, but we have too many chocolate chips in the house or chocolate chip cookies. Um, so yeah, when well, I was pretty proud of myself for actually baking. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's, that but is then, good. But yeah, you have to. How do you control this? And so anyway, after a fast, um, you can decide these things no longer control me. What do I want to introduce back in my life? Yeah. And what role do I want to give my taste buds in my stomach? Mm-hmm. So it, I'm not ruled by them, but am ruling them. Yeah. So fasting helps with that. Um, maybe I'll just add one more quick yeah, thing about what fasting does or why people might practice fasting. Um, but like after, like let's say some things that you're struggling with kind of become exposed either through your fast or maybe you just know you're struggling with certain things. Um, certain sins or certain tendencies like fasting actually can be um, the right antidote oh yeah for sure for like the right medicine almost for certain spiritual struggles yeah particularly people who really struggle with lust or with gluttony 
um, and maybe those things are obvious, but any sort of struggle that someone has with their like appetites mm -hmm. and their desires sort of getting out of hand, mm -hmm. um, often like even if you wouldn't necessarily think like, oh, like I'm struggling with lust, like I've got a really significant pornography problem, let's say, like you might not think like to take on a practice of fasting, but actually fasting from food Mm -hmm. um, does something yeah um, and it can have a really well you're um, learning how to say no yeah it has like a really and you're in that God bit mm -hmm. the feasting on him That's and right. sort of and having your desires um, get reshaped reshaped yeah. um, in his light and with what he offers mm -hmm. um, like a fast can really be the right sort of um, medicine like spiritual medicine to mm -hmm. a couple of struggles that people have. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, great. Um, is it, is fasting, is this spiritual discipline a commandment? Is it something that Christians are supposed to do? Right. Um, the short answer is no. Um, it's never commanded say in the New Testament, um, and yet it's assumed, right? So it's not, you, you must fast this many days a year, nothing like that. But Jesus, you know, we heard that in Matthew 6. Mm -hmm. He didn't say if you fast, but when you fast. And he said of his disciples, you know, they don't fast now because the bridegroom is present. You know, the life of God is right in their midst. They're being filled up with, with that. Um, but there's a time coming when the bridegroom will be taken away and then they will fast. Um, and given the way we see it as being part of so many spirit-filled characters in the Bible, uh, it, it, it's assumed. And um, it's not very much part of our tradition. No. Well, like, at least not in the I Christian Reformed Church. I don't know very many people that have taken on that practice. We know a lot of people who give yeah. and who pray, like the other thing Jesus talks about yeah. in Matthew 6, but not fasting. Not fasting. Yeah. Do you know why that might be? It's Nobody really wants to say no to food. I don't know. I, and I think... But like, it's hard to give away your money. Yeah, that's true. As well. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. It's not as common to fast, I didn't, at least in our tradition. I didn't even think about that question, so that would be a good one to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, well, never mind. Let's continue on. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if you have any personal experiences that you can share with, with us about fasting. I know you've tried it. Yeah. Um... I don't. I haven't tried it a lot. Um, in university, I tried it twice with a few friends, and we met. It was just a twenty-four hour fast, and we met to to pray in our dorm room a few times a day, like at the meal times, and um, that was a good experience, but nothing revelatory. Uh, it didn't change my life in a deep way. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, twice, just twice. I like that you were doing it with friends, though. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, and then for about 10, 12 years, I didn't fast. I never fasted once. 
unless like I had to because there wasn't any food in front of me for whatever reason. I had to skip a meal. Um, but last year, last summer, um, I was feeling quite empty or powerless. Like everything I was doing was not going well. Mm-hmm. I felt like what I had to give was just falling flat. And I, I kept having this sense like, you need God's power, not your power. Mm-hmm. Like you're seeing kind of the end of what you can do. Like mm-hmm. I, need to be, I need to be filled up. Um, and I was feeling just kind of something needed to change. And in the midst of that, kind of praying and wondering and feeling kind of crummy, I just got this sense, like, you need to fast. Um, and I got a time as well. So I, I got the impression, like, I need to fast for three days. Um, and I got a when, too, meaning early September. It wasn't specific, but early September. And so I put that mm-hmm. in my mind, and it was early August or something when I got that. And uh, so as September came, I had a, a lot of fear. <laughs> I was like, do I, am I really going to do this? <laughs> you know, what's the point of this? I was starting to ask all those questions you ask when you're about to do something hard. <laughs> Is this going to be worth it? Um, but the impression was strong enough, and I couldn't shake it. And I thought to myself, I know where the, all the other roads go. <laughs> you know, I know if I just keep doing what I'm doing, things aren't going to get better. Mm-hmm. And you've been given this, you've got to try it. And so I, I did. Um, the first day was predictably uh, kind of uncomfortable. Um, I was a little bit ornery and just, you know, just it's a slog. The first day is a slog. Uh, but I felt like I was doing what I needed to be doing, so that kept me going. Um, and then the next two days uh, kind of got increasingly better. And by the third day, um, Physically, I was feeling like things I had never really felt before, like in a way more alive, mm-hmm. more, my mind was super sharp. Um, I was, yeah, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> got these bursts of energy. And I was reading online and there's physical reasons for mm-hmm. things changing in the body. And um, so I kind of wondered if that might happen, but I did experience it. Um, I did do some praying and some like drawing near to God through that time. And I also had a a few people pray for me and um, that was really good. But I would say that I didn't come out of it with like a a big sense of fullness or... Or you have feasted on God. Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like a full meal of God. Hmm. But I don't know if that was the point for that particular of fasting I think the point for me in that time was that I followed through Hmm. with the impression and it kind of makes me think I'm going to get a prompting again to To actually feast to to do it again and Hmm. to go deeper once you kind of get the obedience right the obedience and the little taste down it's like then you can maybe get over the like shock of it almost and the fear yeah so that's what I sensed and I'm certainly a lot less scared to try it again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've never, I've never fasted from food. <laughs> yeah. Brittany loves food. <laughs> Um, but I, we were also talking beforehand, and I think this gets into some of the practical stuff that we're going to go to next, and, and that there are, are seasons of life where, like, it's, probably, it's not a good idea yeah. to fast. Like right. when you have four little children right. in the house. Or pregnant or breastfeeding or exactly busy yeah. after them, totally. But I also just think I... I see it as something that would be too hard and too uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I have fasted before from other things. Right. And that is sort of a common yeah. practice. Like right. in Lent, people talk about going on these fasts. Like I'm going to fast from Facebook or I'm going to like deprive myself of something. Right. Um, maybe not food, mm-hmm. maybe a type of food mm-hmm. like sugar or meat, um, but often it's like I'm gonna fast from right chocolate, yeah, or like a thing, a thing like a reading books or, or music TV. or yeah. or TV or yeah. movies or something, and I think like that's good, and the, mm-hmm. the effect is similar. Like you're depriving yourself to make that space to right. be filled by God in a different and new way. But most of the fasting in the Bible is... Is food. From food. And it's like a very... It's just interesting that historically, like ever since... They didn't have Facebook though, so... <laughs> it's like always been food. It's like kind of a new thing that people are like right. not as interested in fasting from food. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. Anyway... Practical suggestions for people who might be kind of feeling yeah. drawn in into this, you know, following Jesus, apprenticing themselves to Jesus. Mm-hmm. How might I fast yeah. like Jesus did? Um, well, there are seasons where it doesn't make sense or stages of life um, where it's probably not a good idea. Or if you're like a diabetic, uh, then it would it would not go well at all, um, and or you know you you wrestle with eating in general. Maybe you have some um, body image issues or or eating disorders of some kind. Then it's probably not a healthy thing uh, to be about. Um, there are other disciplines you can practice, um, but I would start small and sort of. Maybe even just start praying for a deeper hunger of God, for God. I like that. And um, I like that. Put that desire in front of Him in prayer, mm-hmm. and kind of see where that mm-hmm. leads you. Um, and then I wouldn't start with like a forty day, forty day fast. That would be <laughs> ridiculous, obviously. <laughs> but like twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Although in my experience, twenty four hours is just when you're feeling you're you're kind of super ornery. Mm-hmm. it's the three-day mark when like you're like oh there's life on the far side of mm-hmm. hangry you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. uh, so but start small and then see where god leads you mm-hmm. um also it's like very important not to have this be a show right jesus makes a big deal of that like this isn't about earning points from your christian peers but a drawing near to God. Like, some people in your life should probably know. Oh, certainly. But it's not about the show. Right. 
right? It's about you and God. Um, so that's a really important thing to keep in mind. Um, okay, just two more questions. Um, is there any way that this discipline connects with our current global situation? Like we're, COVID. Think, we're thinking about COVID-19. That's right. We're worshiping this way because of COVID-19 and needing to be apart and not gathered into uh, large groups. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that our discussion around fasting or just fasting in general connects with what? what's going with on? What's going on? Yeah, I know. I thought about this for a while. Um, I'm not totally sure but one thing I am sure of is if you have if you are the kind of person that is already practicing fasting um, I'm guessing that this time wouldn't actually be that difficult for you uh, in that you're 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 used to saying no to things you want yeah so you're in the grocery store and they don't have the kind of coffee you want or the kind of whatever you want because you know the, the stores aren't as full as they were before. Um, if your stomach is God, right. that's going to be very difficult. Right. But if you've learned how to say no, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, that, I'll just get something else. Mm-hmm. And this would be less scary because you are skilled, mm. not skilled, but you are practiced in self-denial. Yeah. And suffering. Because to fast is to suffer. There is a degree of suffering involved in saying no to your appetite for, for food. Um, and so it's... Uh, you have a greater capacity to, to live in the world with discomfort. Yeah. Trusting that God's in control and that I live by food that can't be seen. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what Jesus says, and to his disciples in John, he's like, I, he's like, I have food you guys don't know about. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I know. I didn't even bring that up yet, but it's yeah, it's that's really cool. And so I, I wonder if fasters, if we could use that term, might be, you know, able to live in this time with a lot less anxiety. Oh. For sure. I'm yeah. just thinking about myself mm-hmm. and like if I'm say uncomfortable because I'm not like taking in some food that I want or think that I need. Yeah. If I'm not practiced in that, then the rest of my day, I'm actually just kind of filled up with feeling uncomfortable and yeah. upset that I'm uncomfortable. And worried. When, when am I going to get, yeah. when am I going to get this? Right. When am I gonna get that? But if I'm a little bit more like used to that feeling. Yeah then it's sort of like that discomfort actually takes up just like a way smaller space inside my oh, soul. For sure. And then my soul is open to yeah. give and receive love, give and share hope, yeah. speak and hear truth. Yeah. Like there's just a lot more room. It's yeah, not just like, sure. oh, I'm uncomfortable and upset. Mm-hmm. Anything you would add to that? Yes, I was just sort of thinking about how this um, time of social distancing for myself and many other people is almost like a forced fast Mm -hmm. because there are certain things that we are being sort of forced to to go without. Like there's this forced deprivation. 
But I was thinking about how, um, like, how easy it might be for me or anybody to just fill that void right. with whatever else might satisfy our appetites. Right. Netflix. Um, That's just such a big one. And an scrolling the one. internet. But if, yeah. Like, there's just... You know, I am being deprived, like I'm being denied something that I want. I want to spend my time this way. Instead, I'm stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to do this. And I kind of think like the deprivation is an opportunity Mm -hmm. to fast the way Jesus did and the way we're meant to. So I just feel like we could be invited by God to redeem the deprivation and not just fill with other things that's right but sort of look to him and yeah. see what he gives and what it might be like to be filled and by him notice what comes out when we don't get what we want and mm-hmm. how can we bring that to him and mm-hmm. yeah this is an opportunity and hopefully we don't just kind of race to whatever uh thing yeah. we choose to fill us ourselves with yeah um i wanted to ask one last question mm-hmm what about fasting and the gospel? Mm-hmm. Like, how does our discussion today mm-hmm. point to connect with mm-hmm. the good news that Jesus Christ yeah. has saved us? Yeah. Um, well, you know, Jesus, his ministry began with a 40-day fast, this self-denial denial of food, the pleasures of food and the fullness of food in order to open himself up to God and be filled with God's power. Um, But that mode of being continued throughout his life. Mm -hmm. This denying himself, Mm -hmm. um, emptying himself out of love for God and for for neighbor. Um, So in a way, like, the fast just went deeper mm-hmm. as he said no to his own desires and yes to God's desires for him in the world. And so the, um, you know, fasting in a way prepared him to give up his very life, give up his, his own life mm-hmm. for, the, for us. Mm-hmm. It, um, that initial self-denial became a, a way of life. Right him that we now like we receive life from him through his crucifixion and resurrection and mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and, and it's a, also i think a testimony of the truth of that that passage in deuteronomy that we do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god like jesus was he went to the cross trusting the mm-hmm. lord's word right that you will not abandon your beloved to the grave you know, so it's a, it bears witness right. to the reality that God's, God's word, word did sustain him. God's word is life and can break through that power of the of death. Yeah. Yeah. And it it just strikes me for us too, like Jesus He invites his disciples, follow after me, like deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And denying yourself, it's almost like you can't do it all at one time. 
like you have to learn how to how to hand over your life mm. and like I think fasting can be one mm. one part mm-hmm. oh i've I've learned how to give over food mm-hmm. and now I can give over money or you right know, it's like we have and to then, like and those practices my life and my life for him for yeah. others yeah so that's ending with discipleship I guess again mm-hmm. but yeah hmm. anything you would add no other than I think I should try it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't be afraid. After the ice cream we have later. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move into uh, prayer. And Brittany will pray for us today. I'm trying to think about what we should pray about. We can pray that people, that God will increase our hunger and our thirst for him mm-hmm. and maybe call some of us into fasting. That's right. Um, and just for the world, I think, um, and for uh, everyone who's working hard to push back uh, the coronavirus. And doesn't have to be too long. Hint, hint. <laughs> feeling we only have to turn to you and you are there you are there to listen and you are there to act to work to intervene to help to bless and we pray that you would do that now Lord we pray for the world We know, we trust, we believe, Lord, that you hold the world in your hands, that you love the world, that you care for the world. And I pray, Lord, that somehow, in some way, in all of the different communities that are struggling right now um, with COVID-19 in whatever form, that you would reveal your love, your care, your provision, your help, and your healing, Lord. I want to pray specifically for uh, the many, many people who are working very, very hard, either in leadership or on the front lines in hospitals and in other places, um, to care for people who are so sick, 
I ask, Lord, that you would keep them physically safe, but I pray more than that, Lord, that you would increase their capacity, their mental and emotional capacity and their spiritual capacity to um, manage the fear and to be people of um, steadfastness and courage and peace. We pray that you would sustain them all, Lord. And I pray also, Lord, for your church around the world. I pray for your church here in Victoria. I pray for Victoria Christian Reformed Church. And I ask, Lord, that you would, um, during this time, as we pray and as we work and as we do what we are called to do, I pray, Lord, that in the midst of it all, somehow you would also be at work in our hearts. I pray that you would be increasing our hunger and our thirst for you. And I pray, Lord, that you would invite us in, that you would draw us to yourself, and that um, you would reveal to us again the truth that you fill us, you nourish us, you, um, you satisfy us, Lord. I thank you again for this time of prayer. And we ask that you would hear us. blessing just knowing that he is with us and as we go about our lives we go with his power with his spirit with his grace with everything he has to give so go now in the power of God's blessing may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace now and always and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
peace. Amen. Amen.